to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined, as usual, by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And, uh, John, what's up, dude? How's your week? It's going pretty good. Now I see that there's a rumor you may move to my neighborhood, so that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely definitely a possibility. Everything's on the table right now. Um, but definitely would have to paint that Cowboys man cave, though. Um, that would have to go. Uh, considering well, it's in the a, upstairs living room. That could be a room, Patreon bonus feature we us videotaping it just like us just wiping poo all over the walls oh wait <laughs> <laughs> it's already on the walls i it's mean true we're wiping the poo it's all true we're cleaning wall. it but can you can you really clean that much sin that's the question i think so yeah i think, I think so. so especially where it's, it's a pretty nice house yeah definitely clean clean that sin all it's pretty nice house um cool 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 all right um Quick, 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 quick uh, plugs. Uh, obviously, on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow us at HoustonFBPod. Please take a second to follow us. You can follow me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. Don't forget to follow the other Texans Unfiltered uh, teammates at Texans underscore Thoughts. That's Jordan. And Texans underscore Draft. That's Dylan. Also, make sure you guys follow at Texans Storm Report. That's Pat. He is the newest addition to the Texans Unfiltered family. Uh, we have merch. Go buy hats. Please uh, go to the website. We made these hats for you. They're really cool, man. They look really, really good. Um, so make sure you guys go do that. Uh, follow us on, on Patreon. Uh, if you would like to be a supporter, that would be awesome. We would really appreciate it. Uh, we love all the support that we can get from our listeners, um, especially as we try to make this a full-time thing. Every little bit helps. So um, if you guys want more Texans coverage, that's just the best way to be able to get us on that path. Um, thank you for all of our Patreon supporters that we currently have. We really appreciate it. We had uh, four more added last week. So thank you guys for that. I can't wait to give you guys the bonus content. Um, quick update. Um, iTunes, um, iTunes review guy from Britain. I really appreciate your feedback. Um, enough to where I'm actually going to read it on the on here because I've heard this a couple times from other people, uh, and then seeing it on iTunes really kind of put things into into uh, perspective for me. So used to be a great pod when it was James and John talking football, but it's recently become a massive circle jerk with a bunch of random in crowd folks that most of us don't know anything about. They now spend the first 20 minutes of every pod talking about themselves. A shame that it's become so dull and unlistenable. Um, I want to address that. I think you're 100% right. Uh, we've been trying to figure out the best way to incorporate, uh, incorporate everybody on the team. We want to make sure that we give them their time. Uh, we want to make sure that they have uh, a platform as well for their work, um, uh, specifically Jordan, with everything that he does for the website. It's really important for us to, to introduce you guys to him, uh, really get to know him. Um, we've been kind of, you know, in the last three or four weeks, we've really been just kind of juggling all sorts of things. 
and I know that you guys want to get us to get back to who we were and what started and why you guys love us. Uh, and f- so for that, we are going to make adjustments. I'm not going to say that that will never be the case, uh, but me and John will make sure that we make a push for it to just be us. It is the off season, so we kind of saw it as like an experimental uh, time to be able to kind of see how other things would work. As there's not a lot of content, especially with COVID uh, going on, uh, there's really just not much here. You know, we're we're we're, we would have already been into training camp. We would have had OTAs. So we really just had to fill a lot more void this offseason than we have in the past. And so we've just tried to get as creative as possible. But we hear you loud and clear. We're going back to the normal format, and then we're going to work on a way for Jordan, Patrick, and uh, Dylan to have something that they can put out that would be under the Texans Unfiltered uh, umbrella. And maybe it's just a bonus content. Uh, maybe it's just an uh, in, uh, additional episode each week. So um, I just want to make sure that you knew. I, I, I hope that we didn't lose you as a listener, and uh, we wanted to make sure that we address that and that we understand and hear you. So uh, thank you so much. All right. We're here for the Jamal Adams talk. That's what we're all here for. Uh, I mean, look, I I don't deal in absolutes often, but when it all started to um, when it all started to come out last week about Jamal Adams and and the interest, and then Adam Schefter lighting that fire of the Texans being a team that are in conversations. Um, you know, it's it kind of started to get me wondering and thinking. Um, I love Jamal Adams. Second favorite safety behind Derwin James for me. Uh, I prefer Derwin James over Jamal Adams uh, just because I think he does everything that Jamal Adams does but just a little bit better, and he's a little bit quicker. Um, but we need to talk about how it would work and if it can happen. Uh, I see a lot of, it's never going to happen. Um, I've said that and, and I don't say it's never going to happen because we're not going to try. I don't think it's ever going to happen because we're going to be outbid. And I think a lot of people took it as, I don't think it's a possibility. It's not that it's not a possibility. I just think that there are going to be teams willing to give up more for Jamal Adams. And it's true. Actually, Jules is my source. So you guys respect Jules in the chat there, okay? Because if you guys aren't listening to Jules, then I don't know what to tell you. He gets, he feeds me everything in my DMs. Um, so let's talk about Jamal Adams. Let's talk about the move. Let's talk about how it can happen, what it would look like. Um, Texans Film, thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, we appreciate it. You're, you're always welcome here. You have a home. Um, so, John, let's talk about Jamal Adams. Let's talk about what he brings as a player. Let's talk about what he would bring to this team specifically because I think that's the most important part that people are overlooking. It's not about it's not about the player. It's about what the player can do in this um, on this team, on this defense. So why don't you talk a little bit about Jamal Adams and then a quick brag. Yes, that is my signed David Johnson jersey that David Johnson sent me personally. Uh, he appreciated the interview so much that he sent me a jersey. It's like my most cherished possession that I have now. Um, so yes, that's what's hanging in the background for anybody that's wondering, uh, talk about Jamal Adams, John. All right. Well, here's the thing about Jamal Adams. I would say there's definitely, there's definitely not a, there's definitely a non-zero chance of it, of it happening. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's a high chance. There's not necessarily mean that it's going to happen, but there is absolutely a possibility of it happening. 
Um, a lot of it, what's been floating around Twitter is like, oh, there's no way it's happening. There's a 0% chance. And I mean, I guess when you talk about a transaction like this, it is either it happens or it doesn't. But the Texans are going to be involved. They're going to sniff around. They're going to see what it would take to actually land him. Here's the other thing about the safety position. Us as fans, we typically value the safety more than the actual NFL does. That's part of the reason Justin Reed was able to drop down to the third round is even though he's a phenomenally talented safety, traditionally safeties and are looked at similar at two, um, like two down defensive linemen. They are not just valued as much where there is a school of thought in the NFL that strong safety play completely masks the rest, the rest of the defense. Like, if you have two really good safeties, they are what actually pushes your defense up into that elite level. Uh, part of the re- reason that the Legion of Boone was boom was the Legion of Boom was just quite honestly because they had Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. You take Earl Thomas, who is one of the best safeties, and you pair him with Cam Chancellor, who's one of the best um, box safeties, and they could both play free. They could both they could kind of rotate to disguise the coverage just enough, and then nobody hit harder than Cam. And that's what allowed the Legion of Boom to really excel. You take a look at what the uh, Patriots do every single year. They always have very, very strong safety play. You look at what the Texans tried to do two years ago where if our cornerbacks didn't get absolutely decimated, the safeties were the strength of our defense, even with slow, slow, slow corners. And safeties can make up for that. What Jamal Adams personally brings is he's just as he would be a phenomenal compliment to Justin Reed. Justin Reed can play both box and free. Jamal Adams can play both box and free. But where their strengths are are mirror images of each other. You could still you could drop Jamal back and have him be the free safety and have Justin on a blitz and it would work. You could have Justin out there take, taking care of running backs, and that would still work. And then you have Jamal Adams, who may be the best pass-rushing safety in the entire league. And say that part of the rumor that we would have to give up BMAC. So you replace one of the best blitzing middle linebackers with one of the best blitzing safeties? Like, dude, that's a – and he can actually cover on top of that? Like, that – it makes too much sense not for it to happen – if we have the capital to actually go out there and do it. And that's really what it comes down to. Do we have the assets to trade for Jamal Adams? Yeah, I think um, I think that we have the assets to acquire Jamal Adams. I think that um, you're at a point now where because of what has been given up in the past from a draft compensation, from just in general draft compensation, I don't know if you're in a position where you want to give up more draft compensation because as you do that and you look at the contracts and you look at everything that is going to need to be given out, um, it's just... The way to stay under the cap is by using rookie contracts. And when you're not filling the roster 
with rookies, it's extremely hard for you to be able to manage the cap at the level that you need to, especially with Deshaun and his contract extension, Justin Reed, Zach Cunningham, and then, you know, all other players. It's just, you know, if Wolf Fuller blows up, what happens, right? I mean, I would assume Cooks becomes expendable, and then you have um, – and then you have um, – and then you pay Will Fuller. So I, I just – you have to wonder, like, is Jamal Adams that big of a difference maker for this defense? Yes, he actually is. I but, agree. I agree. But but he, he shortens the window. Right. So essentially what happens when you have a first or a second round pick, Conley. you get at least – you get at least a mid-level player for four years. So do we pick up Jamal Adams and we get an elite-level player for two years? So that's the balance. It's how long do you have them. And with those first and second round picks, sometimes, I mean, they're lotto, lotto tickets on top of that. You have them for four years, so you have them for a longer period of time, and then they have the potential to turn into something great. I I guess just my, my biggest concern is just the fact that we'll be going on. I, I think a first is going to be the starting the starting compensation requested by the Jets. And if we have to give up another first, we're going on three year, four out of the five years with no first-round pick, which means you're going to have no – you're. I mean, then this year all we have are thirds, fourths, and fifths, and sixths. You're going to have to hit on those for this to work. Now, I'm not saying they can't, but from a risk perspective – it just puts me in a different it, – it just put, makes me somewhat weary because we're hitting a point to where, look, the only thing that matters is Deshaun. As long as he's here, the, re- the rest of the team is you, you can do with whatever else is here. I just – I don't know, man. I, I am usually the one that's willing to give up draft picks, and so that's what makes this one tough is because I always will prefer a valued – known commodity over a non-unknown commodity. And uh, I just don't know if you really want to risk that that long. And that's that's where, uh, that's where like, I'm at as far as giving up what it would take to potentially get Jamal. You know, I don't disagree with you because, um, again, you've got to make up a- You've got to make up that young talent somewhere. We've got to find some. Um, so thankfully, you know, you, you draft Justin Reed, where if we had got him with a first-round pick, we'd be happy. You got him with a third-round pick. We have to continue. We have to have a couple more of those guys in order to afford to go out there and get to get more veteran players that cost more. It's an argument we've had before. If you bring in Jamal Adams, it's we will have more elite players that you have to pay like elite players, and that takes away from the middle of the team. However, it's a safety. Safeties don't get paid a lot. I know some people are floating around, oh, he wants $20 million a year. That's a $6 million jump from the, the highest paid current safety, $14.1 million. And that's um, guy out in Tennessee. Why am I blanking on his name right now? That's it. I mean, that's, that's $14.1. I mean, Again, that's not chump change or anything, but if you look at the budget of the team, that's not a deal breaker. This isn't like a wide receiver asking for $20 million. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I love Jamal Adams. I'm a big secondary guy. I think that he would make a huge impact. He can line him up everywhere. He's played outside linebacker. He's played corner. He's played slot. He's played free. He's played linebacker. He's played strong. He's played single high. He's really that Swiss Army knife that we've been looking for. I mean, we were, that's what we were hoping Tyron would be when we signed him. Um, well, he's a Tyron Matthew that can cover and hit. I mean, Tyron Matthew can make plays. But when you ask him to cover a tight end, bad things happen. With Jamal Adams, if you ask him to cover a tight end, that tight end's getting hurt. Right. Yeah, and he can cover tight ends really well. Yeah. Uh, look, I I love the player. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I guess I just I wonder is it worth it? Is it worth that first round pick in two thousand twenty two one? I would say this. If it's enough to push you over the edge, to push us into a Super Bowl contending team, and I think as we start to talk about the defense, yeah, getting one more playmaker on defense is kind of what we need. And if you can do that without giving up too much, because let's be honest, any sort of window is better than no window. And even if the window is two years, I would rather have a really good shot for two years than a, a kind of sort of okay shot for four or five years. And the most important thing that we've always been missing, we actually have. We have a quarterback. We have a window because we have Deshaun Watson. And we had a team's part of when we originally started this debate, what's better to have a lot of mid-level or a lot of elite players, we didn't have a quality quarterback. Now we have a quality quarterback. If you can fit another elite player on the team, every year that you can, you try. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I agree. I, I do think that – so let me ask you this, John. Does he push us over the edge? Oh, yeah, definitely. So does he make this defense – him, does he him make and this Justin defense? Reed and that secondary, they cover up all the weaknesses out there. They allow you to cover longer, which allows our pass rush, which outside J.J. Watt well, is, is kind of questionable this year. Sure. And J.J. Watt, of course, is questionable because of, of his health. But when you have that sort of coverage and you have that guy that can kind of blitz from, from the secondary, oh, yeah. He he is one of those guys that can absolutely push the, that defense over over the edge. So does he make – I think the team is a is currently constructed as a Super Bowl contender. That's, that's my thought. I agree. A lot of that has to do with four. Does this move – Make does that confirm it? Does it does it put them at the top with the rest with the Ravens and with the Chiefs? With him on this roster, yes. Now I think of all those teams at the top, we would actually probably still be the thinnest, especially on defense. But yes, when we're healthy and we're all all cylinders are firing, we would be able to play with any of those teams, no doubt. So what is a fair what is fair compensation for Jamal Adams? That is a great question, and that's kind of the kind of the biggest issue with this. Because you in a, in a perfect world you trade for him without giving up anything, because then our team is you know not even thinner. Where in my mind 
I would think something's going to be centered around Benardrick, but Benardrick McKinney isn't even as good as their existing middle linebacker in, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, and we've already viewed him as expendable, so why wouldn't they view him as expendable? Um, they, however, ha- did apparently show interest in him, so maybe. I, but so it's th- one of those that... This, to me, tells me, like, I don't, I don't think BMAC is a part of this deal. I really don't. Uh, when you look at their linebacker depth and when you talk to Jets fans, it's their deepest core on defense. They have, you know, Avery Williamson. Um, they have a couple younger guys that are doing things. I just, I don't think Bernardrick is a part of this this deal. I really don't. I, I think it's going to be draft compensation and, uh, and like an, a player that has potential. A Lonnie Johnson, a Charles Amenihu. A, those, are, those are really probably it. It's hard. That's kind of the point because it's hard to get my hopes up about it because there's not an obvious piece-for-piece piece fit. I mean, that's, that's the issue. Um, we just don't have anybody that we can send over there. We're already thin on draft picks, and I mean... They're not going to take just the third-round pick for him. I think that he gets traded for less than you expect, and I do believe it would be a package of players. But, I mean, the areas where you look like, oh, we have a couple extra bodies. Do we really have an extra body at wide receiver? Do we really have an extra body we at don't. tight end? Do we, we don't. really have an extra body at outside linebacker? We have like, an extra body at jump up. We have an extra body at tight end, but we don't at at wide receiver. If Fuller goes down, Stills automatically becomes three. So we don't. We don't have that. And you can't You can't risk that. You can't. So while this – well, Austin, I get what you're saying. Uh, Jordan Aikens is not a part of this trade whatsoever. And two, they actually are pretty deep at tight end, and they're pretty happy with their tight ends. Um, so I, I don't think – I don't think that – you're not sending Jordan Akins. You can send Kahali, and that's basically a third-round pick from you know a, a season ago, uh, and and sell the upside. But outside of that, that's it. Uh, I think Jacob Martin probably would be a, a pretty valuable piece uh, in this, and especially given oh look at Jordan, anyone but Martin. I think Jacob Martin actually is potentially a part of this trade. They need outside yeah. rushers. And I think given the investment on the outside with Grenard, um, Duke coming back, um, you know, Scarlet is what it is. But, you have, you, I mean, you're, you're deep at that position. We don't know if they're all going to pay off. But your highest upside defensive player right now is Jacob Martin. And if you flip that for Jamal Adams and, and a first, I, I don't – you're probably in a good spot. No, I mean, it's part of the problem, too, is we also try and look at this from Texans fan. It's like, what kind of sort of garbage on our side do we want to give away to get to get him? Anytime that there's a trade, it has it has to hurt. Like, it has to. And we would be giving up something that, who knows, may end up being more valuable as the season goes on. And, again, that's kind of the trick. He's a safety. We don't know what the rest of the league actually values him at. You tradi- I, again, it just goes back to my original point. You traditionally see them fall in drafts. They aren't paid as much as other impact positions. I just 
the compensation is where you get tripped up on. I don't know if the Texans have what it would take to get him. Yeah. I think with uh with with the I think you guys all should probably drop drop your trade offers for Jamal Adams in the chat. I'd like to go through these. I'd like to see what the best one is. I'm going to start with Roberts. Kenny Stills, Jacob Martin, McKinney in a 2021 third and a first in 2022. Wow. You are giving up the farm, my man. I mean, you are giving up. First of all, you're hurting your wide receiver depth because once Will Fuller goes down, Isaiah Coulter has to be your guy. Jacob Martin is this is the up-and-coming outside linebacker pass rusher that we need. Bernardrick McKinney is a starter on, uh, at inside linebacker. A third, is, we have two of them. And then a first in 2022, that's way too much, way too much, way too much, way too much, way too much. Jacob Martin and a first, I could see. You know, Jacob Martin and a fifth this year and a first the, uh, in 2022, I can see. The problem we're going to run into is that because our only first is in 2022 and other teams have 2021 first-round picks. So if we do want him, we're going to have to make it worth them waiting to get that first-round pick for another year. So that's that's the issue. That's why I've always said that the deal's not going to happen because other teams have first-round picks available to offer for next season. We do not. And they only have two more years of Sam Darnold on his rookie deal. So not that they're going to compete or anything because they won't, but I just that I, I can't. That's way too much. I appreciate you putting it in there, but it's way too much. And I can't see Gase wanting Kenny Stills on his team again. No, no, no. Uh, all right, other one. 2021 third, Jacob Martin, Will Fuller, and salary payment for either player. Uh, I don't – so here's the problem I have with trading a wide receiver. And I want to just lay this out for you, okay? So Will Fuller is always hurt, correct? We haven't seen a full season from him in four years. So nothing tells me that in the fifth year it's going to be any different. Will Fuller goes down. You have Kenny Stills, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Isaiah Coulter, Kiki, and DeAndre. Okay? DeAndre or Kiki, one of those guys are not going to be on the team this year. So now you're talking about the five that you have. Coulter's a rookie. You're going to have to hope that he can play well because – all you have is Stills, Cooks, and Cobb. If Cooks gets another concussion, he's out for a couple games. Who knows what else? It's the wide receiver room, while it looks deep on paper, it is not deep. Jacob Martin and a third and, you know, maybe a second in the following year, I, I could see, but I couldn't, I couldn't see this one. Um McKinney stills and yes, yeah, you guys, we can't. I, maybe they do, maybe they do, but you, I, I think everybody assumes that the Jets' wide receiving core is trash, but they've invested a lot in the in the wide receivers over the last offseason. So I don't know if if that's what they're looking for, but maybe they need offensive line, they need defensive ends, and they need corners. Those are the three position of needs for the Jets. Um, and I think, and like I said, their their lineback, inside linebacking depth is is their strength on defense. Uh, C.J. Mosley, uh, Rumble Stillman had all of them. It's C.J. Mosley, um, Avery Williamson, Blake Cashman, and there's one more. It's Ben something. So I just don't know if that's going to work. What do you think of this one, John? Close. Um, I would actually go with Merck instead of McKinney. Shed some, shed some salary. I still don't think Stills is going to go, though. 
I don't still, think so Kenny still, he's not being traded. This one might be the most interesting. Thomas Martin and a third. Jordan Thomas, Jacob Martin, and a third. I don't know if it's enough jewels, but I think we're getting there. I think throw in your second in 2022, and I think you can get the deal done. I actually think replace Thomas with um, Lonnie Johnson. And that would hurt. That would hurt. Yeah, I mean, if you replace Thomas with Lonnie, that actually might make the deal happen. Lonnie, Jacob, and, and a third, that's, that's a pretty interesting one. That's a pretty interesting one. Uh, let's see what Kevin's got. Kevin's got Kiki QT, Jacob Martin, and a 2021 fourth and a 2022 second. That's interesting. I don't know how much trade value Kiki actually has, but he has upside. And they get a pass rusher and a fourth and a second-round pick. I'm actually not opposed to that deal. I think it's a pretty fair deal. I think somebody's going to offer them a Jalen Ramsey deal, though. I really do. I don't think so. He's a safety, not a corner. Yeah, no, but it's it's more about where how you can use him. He just gives you so much scheme versatility. Uh, let's see here. A couple more. Two third-round picks, a fifth, and probably a tight end. Oh, I wish. That'd be awesome. I wish we could just give them that'd be you know? That'd be great. Just give them all I, I would be so happy with that. Here, here, here's <laughs> That's what I would the do. problem why it can't happen because I'd be happy. Just give them all of the two thousand twenty one draft picks and call it a day. You know? Why not? <laughs> I, I'm serious. <laughs> we can't scout anyways this year, so why not? Give them all it's gonna be a weird year again. Give them all to them and take Jamal Adams. Let the Jets have your entire draft. Kiki QT, BMAC, and Eric Murray. Uh, Eric Murray's not being traded because that will just impact the way that free agency happens for them. Uh, plus, we would take a massive cap hit because of the guaranteed money. Uh, McKinney, too slow, need to get faster. I agree with you. Uh, ooh. God, that's a lot, Benjamin. Oh, God. I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that either. Uh, not Bernard McKinney, a 2022 first and a third. And plus, you can't give them only picks for 2022. There's going to be other teams that are willing to give up 2021 draft compensation. That's the tricky part that we're in. Oh, this is a good one. Trade DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> for Jamal Adams. This actually might be – wait a minute, wait a minute, actually. And he realized it, too. He realized that actually uh, DeAndre's not on the team anymore. Interesting. Oh, man. That, Interesting. You almost got I've me there. I've seen that floated around Twitter way too many times, and I, it's it's still painful. I haven't been on Twitter in, uh, as much as I usually am. Uh, Wit, a 2021 third and a 2022 second. I could live with that. I, I could think, live with that. I, I mean, think, here's go here's the thing. Love, love Wit, but he's going to be the mayor of somewhere, so if you send him to New York, you know, he's going to be the mayor of New York one day. I mean, that. He would he'd be happy. he would be very happy about that. Yeah, I just uh, I don't think Witt is I don't, I don't think Witt's a touchable player to be honest with you. And I don't know that contract that that's just, why he's not touchable. That and I that's, also think that they value him. I think they value him more than well. Than obviously, the they paid on that contract, but I can't. I, to me, that's going to be the biggest head scratcher of this entire off season, and that's saying something with the trade. Maybe that contract. Maybe. All right. Uh, well, that that was interesting. So let's give. Uh, wow, we have Joiner Lucas on here. Stop it. That really can't be him. 
if that's really Joyner Lucas, I'm gonna. That's not Joyner Lucas, but if it is Joyner Lucas, you are definitely the goat. And uh, you fooled me if you're trolling me, because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Uh, all right. So, John, let's let uh, let's get your prediction. Does Jamal Adams get traded to the Houston? To- oh, Pat, merciless Thomas and a third. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair trade. Um, well, you see, whenever Pat drops something, it makes me a little nervous because that's probably what was offered. Yeah, but then you look at his Boston Red Sox hat and you're like, ah, nah, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You know I what know, I mean? Right? That's what I say at least. It makes me question his his judgment. Right. And in then, so many in so many ways. And then you wonder, just like, is Pat really, you know, is he a real person? You know, I know he's been on the stream, but is he a bot? I think there's a chance he's a bot. Um, anyways, all right. So with um, – well, let's not talk about the Lakers and Celtics. Okay, Pat, chill out. Um, all right. With So give me your prediction, John. Does Jamal Adams get traded to the Houston Texans? And everybody in the chat, I want to see thumbs up, thumbs down if – you guys believe that Jamal Adams will be a Houston Texan? And John, you go ahead. I don't want to end this part on a bum- on a bummer. I mean, it was fun to talk about him. It was fun to speculate. I mean, we all hope he will be, but he won't. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He won't. Somebody else is going to have a better fit to go out and get him. Of course, everybody would be incredibly excited to have him on the team. Um, Anthony Weaver, of course, being... What was the word? What was the word that was used? Uh, excited about the potential. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. Ecstatic about the possibility. Yeah. Of course he would. I mean, he Jamal Adams is a fantastic player. He's just not going to be on the Texans. I agree. Um, as much as I believe Bill O'Brien is working that phone, I believe that Bill O'Brien is doing everything he can to get Jamal Adams. I believe that he is probably offering what most would. Pe- would consider it to be too much. Um, the issue is the draft compensation that teams are going to have to wait for for 2022. Look, also keep in mind, with this team, we're never going to finish less than 10-6 and six or 9-7. and seven. We're going to be picking in the 20s as long as Deshaun Watson is a Houston Texan. And there are teams that can give up more in draft capital and it could be a faster return for the Jets. So ultimately, that's why I think um, that's why I think Jamal Adams will not be a Houston Texan. Yeah, if we trade for Jamal Adams, that does make up for the Hopkins trade, but it's not happening. Yeah, because that's the type of lopsided deal that it would take to make it happen. I would agree. I would agree. All right, let's get to uh, up or down. Right? Is that what we're calling yep, this segment? Just up or down? Did we not come up with a better name yet? No, uh, up or down on the defense. I want to. I want to get into that. I'm interested, and I think you have the link in here as well for the sheet, or no? I do. I shared it with you. Says it's shared. Where? It's just called up or down defense, and it's a, a Google sheet. Okay, got it. Do okay. you want to lead with that guy first? Yep, I'll start. I'll start it. I'll, I'll kick it off to you first. All right, so up or down year. We're going to go through the defensive players that we believe will have a better year than 2018 or a worse year, or 2019 and or a worse year for 2019. 
We're going to start with the star of the defense. Defensive end, J.J. Watt. He's going to have a down year. Oh, why? He's going to hit the age 30. I think that they're going to really throttle back his, his, his snaps. And we also got to remember that a down year for J.J. is still an all-pro level for most players. And I know that you're not always the biggest J.J. fan, but there's a he's really, really good. Sure. He is really, really good. He missed half the year, and he was still second in like QB, um, QB rushes last year. Like, he's, he's good. However, they're going to throttle him. They're going to try and save him. <laughs> they're going to try and save him because he's going to be a big, big portion of our, of our pass rush without J.J., we're going to have to manufacture our pass rush. With J.J., you could send a four-man front, and somebody's probably going to get home. He commands that much attention, even now. Um, as he starts to get a little bit older, I think he'll be more willing to play inside because he's just not going to be as fast as he used to be. And let's be honest. What he does year in, year out, you really can't continue to, continue to expect that to happen with the beating that his body's had. But he's still going to have a very good year. Um, pro Bowl level, if he's healthy, close to an all-pro level. It just won't be J.J. Stratosphere anymore. I think that J.J. Watt has a up season, to be honest with you. Um, I think there's everything in his corner for him to have the best season that he could potentially have. Uh, contract, um, kind of the doubters, fully healthy through the offseason, uh, a better, better pass-rushing team as far as what he's had over the last year at least. Uh, I mean, he will be better. Jacob Martin will be better. I guess we're going through – I'm kind of going through the ups. But, like, I just I just think that he has a, a better supporting cast around him that will free him up. And um, I think it's important for him to stay healthy all year to be able to uh, earn that next contract from the Texans and make $120 million with the Houston Texans for the next four years. So I am expecting an up. A hundred and twenty million for the next four years. Oh yeah, you know what's happening. You know the vibes. It's happening. All right, let's get to the next one. Next one, nose tackle Brandon Dunn. Will he have a better 2019 season or a worse 2019 season? Um, I think he's going to continue to improve. There's a reason. I don't want to say there was a reason they let uh, Reader walk because they didn't let him walk. They actually did try to try to pay him. But Dunn did everything the Reader did minus the pass rush. And so, yeah, Dunn's going to – he's going to continue to improve. He's still a very young player. He is still 27, so he's coming into his prime. So, yeah, he's going to continue to improve, and he's going to have a better year. I agree. I'll actually take it a little bit of a step further. I, I believe that the hole left by DJ Reader will not be filled, will not be felt by um, this team. I think that his run defense on Brandon, with Brandon Dunn, he's gotten a lot better um, over the last three years. you got to remember this is a homegrown guy that has Anthony Weaver's confidence. Anthony Weaver is the guy who has uh, pretty much developed him, and I, I think Brandon Dunn's going to have a up year. All right. Right defensive end, Charles Amenehu, up or Check down a year from 2019? Oh, definitely an up year. I mean, he showed a lot last year. I believe he was the top-rated 
um, interior rusher by rookies last year by PFF. Granted, obviously we always cherry pick pro football focus, the ones we like, we, we repeat, the ones we don't like, we disprove. But that's just to say something, and I've said it before, no matter what we think of PFF, when they rate somebody high, there's usually a reason for it. And Charles Minhew, he he looked good. Um, and that was his rookie season. Usually they go, especially when they're healthy, they improve from one year to the next. And I fully expect him to continue to improve. I would agree. Um, he he had a good year last year. Uh, a lot of pressures. Those long arms paid off. Um, he's been working out a ton this off season. Um, I don't know if he's going to go off, but I do think he's going to have a better year than 2019. All right, next up, second highest paid guy on defense, outside linebacker, Whitney Merciless. Up or down year from 2019, John? With Wit, it kind of depends who else is healthy. If J.J. is healthy, Witt will definitely have an up year versus last year. Um, he started off the year extremely strong. He's one of those guys, very, very, of course, we've always talked about it. He's such a technician. He's so smart that if they ignore him, he can take advantage of it. His problem has always been he cannot be the primary rusher. It, he is the guy that they look on. He's the primary pass rusher. The offense is able to shut him down. And... So it just kind of depends if he has help or not. If he has help, he's going to explode. Uh, I think last year, especially towards the last half of the year, was so bad for him that he definitely has an up year compared to last year. Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, you know, it does depend on if J.J. Watt is healthy, uh, as we've seen in the past. Um, I expect Anthony Weaver to be a little bit more aggressive in the usage of Whitney. Um, And I I actually – I think Whitney has a really solid year for us. Um, I know everybody's – he sees and hears everything that everybody's saying about him and the contract. Um, and I think some of it is undeserved, to be honest with you. Um, I think that he has a – I think he has an up here. I really do. I think he has an yeah, up Yeah, I hope they let him put his hand in the dirt again. Um, if he plays a little bit more end as well as outside linebacker, that's actually when he had the most sacks of his career is when he actually got – when he had the most defensive end um, snaps as well. Yep. So – Again, I'm I'm a huge fan of Wit. Um, I I know this podcast this week especially doesn't sound like it um, because that contract just leaves me. I you you expect to sign for what he signed that he was going to get. He's a double digit sack guy, and he just hasn't shown it in a couple of years. Granted, he has played out of position. He has shown the capability of being that, and he is probably he is still the most well spoken Texans player. He should be the guy at the mic. And I would actually probably go watch a speech that he, that he gave on anything. But we need Witt playing at a level that he hasn't shown in since, when was his last double-digit year? He hasn't had double-digit sacks since 2015, which is five years ago. Since then, he's had two years where he had seven and a half. Um, that was last year and in 2016. And then he had one year with one and one year with four. Granted, one of those it's because he tore his pec, but but still, we need we need a high we need the highs from from Mark. We need him to get up to about nine sacks. I would agree. If he does that. If he gets nine sacks, we're gonna have a good year. 
I agree. All right. Uh, inside linebacker, Bernardrick McKinney, up or down year from 2019? I don't know. <laughs> I really – he's the one that confuses me the most. Um, I like BMAC. I like what he brings to the defense. However, as most people have pointed out, the number one weakness of the Texans' defense is the ability to throw short passes over the middle because neither him or Cunningham truly excel at shutting that down. They do have a player whom, if he stays healthy, actually does excel at that. Um, and that's Dylan Cole. So if Dylan Cole takes away snaps from Bernardrick McKinney, then BMAC's going to have a down year, even if he plays better. Let me, let me rephrase this. I think with him, he's going to have a better year but his stats are going to be down because he's not going to play as many snaps. So that's where I was going to go. Um, the Because Zach is going to take so many more snaps, BMAC statistically is going to have a down year. It's pretty much that simple. Um, all right, and then that gets to uh, our other inside linebacker, Zach Cunningham. Up year from 2019 or down year from 2019? Up, up, up. This is his breakout year. Yep, agreed. This is the year that everybody gets to know what we all know about Zach Cunningham. He's not just an average replacement level middle linebacker. Yeah, this is the year he breaks out completely. Um, this and I is think that it, all pro. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. You took a, one of your, uh, you know, your long pauses that you tend to take sometimes where I think it's over. You know, uh, sorry. Um, with him, with Cunningham, what I would say is, it's kind of. I was trying to process the thought. Um, with Dylan Cole taking more of Menardrick's snaps, a lot of the things that Cunningham was asked to do in coverage won't happen. This will give him more chance to truly play to truly play linebacker and wreak havoc. So, yeah, I think that Cunningham has a better year. Yep, uh, I, I, I agree. I just think that it's one of those years where we're, we're, the league will know who Zach Cunningham is, and uh, it'll be ex- everything that we've preached that he is uh, for the last – you know, three years. Uh, this is the year where he gets an all-pro nod. I'm not even going to say Pro Bowl. This is where he gets an all-pro nod. So, all right. In outside linebacker Brennan Scarlett, up or down year from 2019? Well, I mean, last year was technically a career year for him. Um, he started 15 or 10 out of 15 games that he played, and he had 3.5 sna- uh, sacks, which was his highest. He had 51 tackles, which is actually not that bad. So here's what I would say about Brendan Scarlett. He's fine. <laughs> that's what he is. He's fine. He's replacement level. And that's pretty much the, I mean, his stat line for last year, I mean, that's not bad. That's not horrid. That's not instantly replace him. And yet when you look at our defense, we almost universally point out he's the one guy that we could use to improve. Um, if you put Grenard there, I think Grenard can step in and get those same, same that same stat line. Um, so I would say Brendan Scarlett, just because of lack of chances, he's going to be a down year. Um, yeah, because he's going to get replaced. Yep. I actually, down year uh, because he's going to be cut. Uh, Brendan Scarlett will not be on this team uh, moving forward. So either Grenard or... Um, Martin, Duke, uh, we just have better options now, and I don't think that 
I don't think it's something that he's going to be able to hold off. Maybe he makes it for special teams, um, but that's that's about it. I just don't think he's He's a great, great special teamer, though. He's a great special teamer, but we also made such an investment in special teams that I think losing him is, isn't going to be as bad as people think. All right. Cornerback number one, Gary and Conley. Conley Crew. I mean, you Up, said it, Conley Crew. Can't say anything else. A year for Gary and Conley, 2019. Better or worse? Better. Better, better, better. I think the Texans know how to use them. So we can completely forget about that, you know, half season of trash out in Oakland. So, yeah, definitely better. Yeah, this is uh, Conley is having an up, 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 up year. This is uh, this is the year where they're like, what were they doing in Oakland? That'll be the narrative. How did they? How did the Texans get this cornerback for a third round pick? That'll be the conversations that are happening. Uh, Gary Conley is a, I'm going to say a top ten cornerback in this league this year. Um, and I believe that he's going to get a mid-year exception. He is the best corner on this team, hands down. He is the stickiest corner on this team, hands down. And his ability to be able to recover when beaten is just an unbelievable trait that you just don't see too often. His speed makes up for everything that he may lack. Uh, he's a beast. He's a beast. He, he's the number one corner on this team, you can go like Bradley Roby. I love Roby. Go back and listen to the offseason last year. Huge Roby guy. But don't get caught up in the interceptions and and the flashy plays that happened with Roby last year. Gary and Conley is the best corner on this team. Hands down. All right. Up or down year. Up, up or down year. Eric Murray from 2019 to 2020. I mean, hopefully we're saying Jamal Adams. No, um, All right. Eric, <laughs> Eric Murray, he's a, I mean, he's he's a hybrid safety, so I don't know. Uh, he's got to have an up year because he has nothing. I mean, for him to have an up year doesn't really take much, so up, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think he has an up year um, based on – the fact that he hasn't played a ton of snaps. He hasn't really been the guy. Uh, so he'll have an up year statistically. I think they'll use him properly. Uh, he's going to be our box guy. He'll occasionally cover tight ends. Um, but I think that he'll have a up year. Uh, he's, he thrives in the box. He's a sure tackler. Um, and I think that it, it really could only be better for him because he's in a position where he's, he's wanted. They have a role for him. Uh, and I think that they're going to make it happen. So, yeah. All right. Uh, free safety, Justin Reed. Oh, this is a breakout year. Year three? Yep. Healthy. Is, he's breaking out. Definitely an up year. He hasn't had, and I mean, he hasn't had a bad year yet. Um, started out his career with 88 tackles, followed it up with a 78 year. 78 tackle season with one shoulder. I mean, just honestly, just him having two shoulders again would automatically make him have an up year. But no, this is going to be his breakout year. Third year in the league. And he just, I mean, here's the thing about Justin Reed. He has a flair for the dramatic. He had two stops on the goal line, the uh, the interception, and then that stop on, was it 
against the Jaguars was that that was Fournette or grown man tackle. Yep. Again, one shoulder when he does this. As a rookie, he had the 99-yard um, interception return against the Redskins. Like Justin Reed, he's a solid every-down player, and then on top of that, you add that flair for the dramatic that the great ones have, and he's going to have his health back. Yeah, he's going to be out there just breakout year. Everybody's going to know who Justin Reed is, not just us Houston fans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, up year for Justin Reed. A lot of it has to do with the fact that last year was a down year, given his rookie year. Played a lot. Of, he was very he was hurt most of the season. Had issues with his shoulder. This year he's fully healthy, um, and I think that he's he's going to uh, have an up year. I think he's going to be used the way he was his rookie year. Uh, he's going to be pr- playing that single high safety look, um, and I, I just expect him to have an up year. He has all the talent in the world. Smart guy, football IQ guy. Um, I think he's going to have a hell of a year. All right, quarterback Bradley Roby, up year or down year from 2019? Oh, man, this one's a tough one because you say a down year, it's really not – it's kind of understandable. Um, He didn't have a lot of tackles last year um, because he was hurt a lot. That was kind of the thing with Roby. When he played last year, he he was having a year. But he just kept missing games, like ham, was hamstring issues. Um, yep. He ended up playing 10 games out of 16, so a little bit more than half. And he still did better than – what's the best way to put it? He did better than what 50% of his previous career year would have been. So he was on a career year pace. He came to Houston. They figured out how to use them. He was motivated. And they actually made him the star. And here's the thing about Bradley. He is, he knows when the lights are bright. Like, he just has that flair for going out. And when you need a big play, he'll make a big play. Now, occasionally, guys like that, they get burned. And he occasionally would get burned. But with that comes that chance of just that spectacular play. And his interception versus the Patriots was just perfect. Like, that play right there is when we actually had faith that we were going to win that game. And this was against the big, scary Patriots and the big, scary Tom Brady. And, yeah, he, I'm going to go with he's going to have an up year. He's going to have an up year. Um, I would say he's going to have the same year. I don't expect him to have an up or down year. I expect the exact same thing. Um, I think he's going to play mostly outside for us, and I think he's going to have the same year that he had last year. All right. Last one, slot cornerback Vernon Hargraves the third, up or down year from 2019. I think he's going to have an up year as well. Um, I like Hargraves. He's one of those guys who's low risk, and there's just not. You don't find a guy with his size, strength, and speed out there um i love jo- i love john reed like i john reed is my favorite rookie of the entire class however i think that vernon hargreaves there may be something there he's one of those guys that if he's playing nickel he's like a big big nickel and he's so low risk and he wasn't as bad last year as it seemed like at times except when he gets beat he gets beat bad and with that, I mean, that part of that, when, to get beat that bad 
that's got to be mental. And sometimes the guys that can't get over that that mental handy or that mini, mental hump, hump, um, sometimes they just can't. And if a switch flips for him, like he's a steal. If it doesn't, thank God we have John Reed because you know John Reed, he's going to be a player. Yeah. Uh, I think up for Vernon Hargraves. I expect the offseason to help him tremendously. Uh, talking to, when I talked to Antonio Cromartie, one of the biggest thing, one of the bigger compliments he gave to our secondary was regarding Vernon. Uh, he loved the way he played uh, uh, his rookie year. Said that things changed. He came over here midseason. The terminology was different. You're, you have a lot more responsibilities as a slot corner uh, that vary from system to system. I think he was getting acclimated. Uh, he's on a prove it deal. This is really his chance to be able to earn an actual contract. It won't be a massive contract, but it'll be enough of a contract to, uh, you know, really reclaim his role in the NFL and, and a position on a team. Uh, so I think that he actually has a up year and is our starting slot corner uh, and will give us a tandem of Goat, Gary, and Conley, Baby Goat, Bradley Roby, and then Vernon Hargraves in the slot. And that's that's the and then John Reed and Lonnie Johnson just develop, which is the most key part of all of this. So, yeah. All right, that's up and down for the defense. All right. Well, that was a good show. That show flowed quickly. Um, all right, guys, you guys know where you can find us. Uh, thank you all to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, I really, we, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex Patel, as well, one of our biggest uh, Patreon supporters. Awesome to have you. Thank you so much. We'll be putting out our Patreon material uh, this week. Uh, is going to be Hulk and Thor as we continue to go through the MCU. If you guys are interested in hearing our breakdown of all 23 MCU films, uh, make sure you guys go on to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered and become a Patreon supporter. We do these weekly. Special thanks to our writing team, Patrick and Preston, for everything that you guys do. You guys can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. You can follow me at IamYoungAriGold on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Patrick at TexansStormReport on Twitter, Jordan at Texans underscore Thoughts, and Dylan at Texans underscore Draft on Twitter as well. Uh, please take a minute to follow us. Go to the website, uh, www.texansunfiltered.com. That is where Jordan publishes everything. This week he's working on pieces regarding the offensive line and continuity, continuity so how they can be better as they all, all five return back as starters for the first time in the Bill O'Brien era. Um, make sure you guys also check out our merch uh, on, on the website. Grab yourself a Texans Unfiltered hat. We have shirts coming sometime soon, potentially next week. So keep that in mind. And with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you next week. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.